live from the capital of the Commonwealth, this is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. And welcome. Welcome back to the Sports Huddle after a couple of days hiatus. Monday and Tuesday, we are back on the cusp of Game 3 of the NBA Finals coming up tonight in Miami. Since we were away, the Heat gained control of home court advantage by knocking off the Nuggets in Game 2, and we're going to lead off with that this afternoon. Welcome to the Sports Auto. Bob Black back with you. Yes, after a couple days of R&R, we're going to work a few, then we're going to take another week off. And then after that, we should be full go for the rest of the summer and as we get into the football season. So welcome to the program. Hosting remotely this afternoon, AJ producing in our ESPN Richmond studios. And we thank you for joining us. Have an opportunity to interact today, 804-327-0888. We'll get you on the air with us. It's also our text line, 327 And we are going to tip off with NBA conversation this afternoon, association with the chip on the line now, as Bruce would say, as the Miami Heat rally from, what were they down, eight at the end of three quarters and knock off Denver. And sometimes I think it's as simple as putting the ball in the basket. I mean, the Heat shot, what, 49% from the floor, 49% from three-point range, 17 of 35 and 18 of 20 at the free throw line. Now, the Nuggets weren't bad either. They were 19 of 22 at the free throw line, and they shot 52% for the game in game two, but only 11 of 28 from three-point range. So I guess you can make the argument this game was decided at the three-point line. Um, You know, Jokic did his part with 41 and 11, and Murray had 18 and 10 assists. Um, but didn't get a whole lot of help beyond that. Gordon and Brown, uh, 12 and 11 each, and that was it in game two. And Miami just shot the shot the heck out of the ball. And, um, you know, Jimmy Butler was okay. He wasn't great. 21 points by his standards, uh, to say the least. Adebayo also with, with 21 and Vincent with 23, but they just shot great from the three-point line. And I just wonder if that might be a little bit of fool's gold going in to game three. My, I still got a gut feeling that Denver takes this one. I still think it's Denver in six. So at some point they're going to win in Miami. And for some reason, I just have the feeling that the Nuggets, I don't want to call that a wake-up call by any stretch. I think they were awake and rare and ready to go. Uh, I think Miami just outshot them as I said, in game two to even that series at one game apiece. I think this is going to be a back-and-forth series. This has not surprised me to this point. And the Heat come away with that three-point win in uh, in game two to even the series at 1-1. So we're really going to get into that here in just the next couple of minutes, as a matter of fact. And then a little bit later on, we'll get into some other stuff, including uh, Major League Baseball, as I think I mentioned last week. One of the reasons I was out Monday and Tuesday, had the opportunity to go see a couple of big league games over the weekend. There's really nothing like going to a big league baseball game. It is still an awful lot of fun. I was able to go Sunday in D.C. uh, to see a day game between the Phils and the Nats, and then Monday in Philadelphia 
to see the Phils and the Tigers on Monday night. So we'll get a little baseball talk. Um, and whether a couple of those games are even going to be played tonight, this whole air quality thing, um, the smog and the smoke and all that from the wildfires in Canada, um, those games are a little bit up in the air that are being played on the East Coast today. So we'll get into all that a little bit later. But as I mentioned, when we came on the air this afternoon and got back at it, we're going to start with NBA. We're going to start with the finals, the Heat and the Nuggets now tied at one game apiece with Game 3 tonight in Miami, 830 uh, you'll hear it here on 1061 ESPN from ESPN Radio with an 8 o'clock airtime. But we're going to break it all down for you now as we welcome back to our program, back to the Sports Huddle today on a Wednesday afternoon, Jerry Brewer from the Washington Post. Hello, Jerry. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fine, thanks. And it uh, looks like we've got a pretty good series unfolding here between Denver and Miami. From your perspective, how did the Heat do what they did in Game 2? Uh, they're eight down going into the fourth quarter. Denver's at home where they rarely lose. And yet Miami, I guess, shoots lights out, particularly from three-point range. I don't want to answer my own question, so let me throw it at you. How did this happen? How did the Heat steal, if you will, Game 2? Well, I think they came ready to play from from the get go. You know, really, really jumping on Denver, and then Denver goes on that epic run and and took control of the game. But if you if you watch the Heat uh, throughout this entire postseason, really throughout the entire regular season, if you go back to some of their games, they they always it always feels like the game is about to get away from them, and then because they play two thirds of their games in the regular season. 54 of the 82 games qualified as clutch games uh, by that NFL uh, by the NBA stat of the score was within five points with less than five minutes left. That's that that's the clutch stat in the NBA. Hmm. So they have been through these situations, and I think they they're they're really great at okay we're down by 15. Okay, in the second quarter by halftime, let's be down by nine. Let's nibble at it. You know, okay, we're down by eight going into the fourth quarter. Okay, like, let's really push in the first five minutes and let Denver know that we're not going anywhere. And then when, when, when the game is in doubt, uh, they, they just they have a – Jimmy Butler is a tremendous playmaker, uh, and, and he makes the right basketball read almost all the time. We, we, we get – we get really caught up in in uh, the the playoff Jimmy games, the fifty six point game, and the other games, like like in the bubble against the Lakers when he just refuses to lose. Uh, but but this one kind of showed you he was six for sixteen in the game. He controlled it with his defense. He controlled it with his playmaking. Uh, Gabe Vincent was awesome, and and Duncan Robinson just out of nowhere, right? Like mm-hmm. this series is not really a Duncan Robinson series in terms of matchups. But uh, Spo ran a couple of great actions, uh, and Duncan Robinson knocked down shots. The Heat are not going to go away. I still feel like uh, this is this is a series that uh, if the Nuggets are mature enough, um, experienced enough, that they can kind of control it and have the Heat constantly chasing them. Uh, but I'm really interested in Game Three. Uh, I would love uh, for for compelling reasons. I would love to see. Miami get up 2-1 and see Denver have to make a championship-level response. 
interesting word you used there, Jerry, in describing the, the Denver Nuggets and whether they are mature enough. Their head coach, Michael Malone, kind of kind of called them out a little bit after game two, and the word he kept using over and over again was discipline. Are we going to be disciplined enough? What does he have to do? What do the Nuggets have to do so that we don't have that compelling scenario that you just referenced? Yeah, you know, the thing I love about this series is, is just um, uh, how smart the basketball players are, are on the court. And Eric Spolstra is just um, – Eric Spolstra is a plus coach in every area of coaching. <laughs> um, everything tangible and intangible. Uh, and when, when Mike Malone is talking about they need to be more disciplined, it's uh, Michael Porter Jr. And, and others on their rotations uh, – because Miami is just so good at, at kind of manipulating the gravity of a defense. Uh, Eric Solstra, uh started um, running what they would call uh, a basketball hoop heads would call it zoom action in the fourth quarter. Um, and, and that's kind of that interplay with the, with the uh, coming off a pick and the dribble handoff, uh, which you can fake or take. And they kind of ran those. Normally you would see, you would see a lot of that with, with, uh, um, a guy who can shoot and a guy who can't, you know, I'm thinking, think of like Draymond Green and the Warriors. They do, they do some stuff like that, but to do zoom action with two pure shooters in Gabe Benson and Duncan Robinson, uh, it, it made Denver have to make a decision. And as soon as they made the wrong decision, the guy was wide open. Uh, just little subtle things like that. He's constant, uh, supposed to constantly tinkering with things, right? Like they run, they run more variations of zone. It's not like they're either in zone or man. It's like they run like three different zones, which no one in the NBA does. They run um, every type of man scheme. And so they're really throwing the, the kitchen sink at the Nuggets. And uh, oftentimes if it's not Murray and Jokic and maybe uh, uh, KCP, you start to wonder with some of the other guys on the floor, like, you know, are you, are you reading this properly? Um, and, and that becomes a bit of an issue. And like, even for guys, even for guys who diagnose things well, like, like an Aaron Gordon, um, they still add like little et- extra dimensions that, that test like the depth of your basketball knowledge. And so it's, um, really fascinating there, uh, to, to see, um, as is like, if you, if you've got a scab, you know, say on your elbow, Spolster is the guy who's constantly, like, picking at the scab, <laughs> um, which would be annoying as hell if a stranger just kept picking at a scab that you had. But but that's who he is, and that's who the Heat are. So a, a little bit more on this guy, Eric Spolstra, who we already knew in his championship runs and all of that, but maybe a different identity is brewing, and you have a great column on him today in the Washington Post, WashingtonPost.com slash sports by our guest Jerry Brewer. Uh, cordially disagreeable was one of the phrases you used to describe Eric Spolstra. Uh, how has he kind of um, developed in this season with this particular team to the point that they buy into him as much as they have, Jerry? Man, I really, I really feel like he's an evolved form of his mentor, uh, Pat Riley. Like mm-hmm. Pat Riley was old school NBA, classic NBA, but just a great coach and a great motivator. Uh, Eric Spolstra, growing up uh, uh, in a basketball family because of his dad, um, 
growing up through the Heat organization, you know, from from the video room that he called the dungeon, all the way to leading this franchise, he is just next level. Yeah, um, it, it's it's extraordinary uh, how how good he is in so many areas. I, I really do feel that uh, Udonis Haslam calls him the most complete coach in the NBA, and Udonis Haslam has seen every coach come through the NBA for the last 17 years. Um, and he's absolutely right. Like this, this um, he is just a, a basketball savant, but unlike other savants, he has emotional intelligence and can really like relate to people. And he, it, it's interesting to see him come into his own now because you remember the guy who was, the young coach who was managing LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh, and it was like, don't mess it up. They got off to that 9-8 and eight start, and we've come to learn that LeBron had a meeting with Pat Riley where he was suggesting that Riley should take over for Spolstra. Riley didn't. Um, Spolstra goes on, right, four straight finals, two championships with the Heat. But I think people still thought, oh, they're just winning because they have extraordinary talent and Spolstra's not messing it up. Now, what he's been able to do, uh, especially these last two finals appearances in the last four years, also coming a shot away from making a third finals appearance last year um, with with this new group, um, it's just incredible. Like, you don't see this in the NBA. I mean, they have, uh, they had one big free agent signing and a star, and like, Jimmy Butler's not one of the top five players in the game, but he's one of the top five competitors, and he... Um, as someone that any team would love to have. They've developed guys. Bam, Tyler Harrow are, are the highest draft picks uh, uh, of their own on the roster. And just nine, nine undrafted players make it an impact. Uh, it's just, it feels like, they feel like they're built like we would, like we see football teams built. But like football teams are built that way because you need 53 men. You need 60 counting the, the practice squad, it's, it's uh, incredible to see the Heat, how they look at talent, how they look at a player, and they say, you know, most of us look at a guy's complete game, right, and we say, oh, he's not going to be a good player because he can't do this. They look at it and they say, he's going to work in our system because he's wired the way we like it, hard, hard-nosed, tough, um, uh, selfless, but here's what he can do. And if we manipulate this thing right, he's going to be able to thrive in our system. No one else in the NBA sees talent in that dimension. And so I think what the Heat are doing with Spolstra is actually uh, sustainable. Um, They're not going to have great teams year in and year out, but they're not going to hit the bottom with Spolstra. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to have surprise runs over and over again like, like we're seeing right now, especially in this era of parity. So wrapping it up with you, Jerry, it does sound like you're heading down the heat path, at least for game three tonight, that, that you're buying in. But let's play a little game of what if to finish it up. Um, heat win if, Nuggets win if. All right. Um, uh, the heat win, once again, the heat win if they can make over – you know, between 18 and 23 pointers. I think mm-hmm. they just, they got to shoot. They got to shoot the lights out. They got to shoot uh, over 40% from three. Um, so that that's that's their big thing. Um, the Nuggets win if they can make the proper adjustment and uh, get 
get Jokic back to where he's most comfortable, which is making plays for others. Um, it was interesting to see how discombobulated they were uh, because the other guys just weren't getting shots and weren't as comfortable as they were. Um, and it's going to be a challenge to kind of activate everyone and get everybody involved because they're going to continue to um, just kind of single cover Jokic and do the best that they can and throw some wrinkles here and there. Um, and uh, the toughest thing, I think, for that with, with, with Denver is uh, the Heat, you're going to see a lot more Jimmy Butler on Jamal Murray. Um, and so, you know, how, how do they activate a third, a third score? Um, but I think it comes back to just that uh, figuring out ways, maybe moving them around or, or something for, for Jokic to, to make plays for others. They're not going to win a lot of games. Uh, even though he can drop 40 at just about any time, they're not going to win. They haven't won in the postseason um, uh, when, when he's when he has had to dominate the ball like that. That's just not the player that he is. Great breakdown, Jerry. Uh, great conversation. Really appreciate it. Hope you have a great game tonight. The con- series continues to, to go on like that, and we'll be able to catch up with you as it moves uh, through these remaining games. As always, Jerry Brewer, Washington Post. Thank you, my friend. Really appreciate the time this afternoon. Enjoy the game. All right, anytime. Take care. There goes Jerry Brewer from the Washington Post. Again, a great breakdown on tonight's game. And I love the fact that we came on the air this afternoon and I was talking about, you know, the Heat making 17 three-pointers and shooting 47% from three. And maybe you don't have to be a Hall of Fame coach to figure that out, but that they need to be on that trajectory again tonight, that they probably can't win unless they stay that hot. Although I wouldn't put it past them. Um, You know, they just have so much fight and so much grit and so much determination. They never blink, it doesn't seem. But they do need to have some bullseye shooting again uh, tonight, and we'll see how the Nuggets respond after losing game two. Jerry Brewer from the Washington Post. You can check him out, uh, WashingtonPost.com slash sports. And he has a great story, and, and he went on about Eric Spolstra with us, and a lot of it uh, came out of that story in, in which he said, Spolstra has gone from the NBA's most underrated coach to the most universally praised coach, and I think you can see why. All right, good opening segment with Jerry Brewer. Let's try and keep it going, and here's how we'll give it a shot on this afternoon's Sports Huddle. 